Good Monday morning, June 13th. By the way, I get a lot of comments and I enjoy them. I really do. Some of them are questions. Patrick at OurSafeHarbor.com. Please subscribe. Please hit the like button. That really helps us quite a bit. Uh, if you are listening on iTunes, give us a five-star review. That helps a lot. Anyway, get a lot of comments and some of them are just fun. And, and recently with warmer weather, I've had people say, what's with the hair? Uh, the hair is because I drive an open vehicle called a slingshot. And if the weather is between 60 degrees and 95 degrees and uh, it's not going to rain, I'm in it. And so my hair is styled by God every, every time the wind blows. And so it's just, it's going to look like this. And I, I'm sure I could find a comb, but you know, you, you can always just listen and not have to look at the face. That's what I would do. We started looking at the Apocrypha last week and we looked at uh, first and second Esdras. Second Esdras is where we ended. And I hope that you did read it, especially chapters three through 14. Yes, they're a little scary and apocryphal and like you've stumbled into Ezekiel, had a love child with Revelation, but it's an early attempt to understand the problem of evil. And I think it's a beautiful read. Another book, which is very much, very much hallowed and should be, in my opinion, is the book of Tobit, T-O-B-I-T. Um, it's a book which is considered scripture or uh, extremely valuable by both the Roman Catholic churches and the Eastern Orthodox churches. Uh, as early as 397, the Council at Carthage reaffirmed Tobit's place in the canon and in the history of the church. It was reconfirmed at the Council of Trent. That was a major council, look it up, in 1546. The Anglican Church moved it from the canon, in other words, the, the central books of scripture, to the super important, but not exactly scripture category, at the same time, the Council of Trent was making sure it stayed in the canon. Confused? Well, that's understandable because these are human beings trying to figure out which one of their books they're going to consider of use to them. But still, uh, in the 1800s, Protestants began removing Tobit and some other books, mainly by 1885. They were not removed. You need to know this. They were not removed because we found internal evidence that they were not inspired. Tobit was not pulled out because we found other stories that showed Tobit was a fraud or, or a fake or a pseudo-epigrapha. Somebody wrote it and claimed that it was ancient and it wasn't. None of those things. It was removed, are you ready? Because Catholics liked it. That was it that petty reason. If you really d dive down, I mean, they could, they could preach sermons for hours and hours on why they removed Tobit. But when you drill down to it, it's because the Catholics like it and the wave of anti-Catholic that hit in the 1800s and in America, it swelled all the way through the 1960s. In America, when John F. Kennedy was running for president, People were appalled that a Catholic might become president of the United States to the point where sermons are preached against it. I can remember sermons. I was born in 1956 
at the tail end in December. So I remember some of those mid-60s, and well after Kennedy was dead and gone, there were, there were these brochures in our church about the evil of Catholics and why you can't let the Catholics do anything. It was, um, it was sad, frankly, and it poisoned generations of people against other believers. And for that, I'm, I'm heartbroken. But Tobit was really removed because the Catholics like him. Remember this, every doctrinal decision in history has history behind it. And that history involves men and women, mainly men, some of whom could be incredibly petty and some of whom could give you false reasons for what they did and why they did it. The book of Tobit is not in the Jewish canon today, but it used to be. It was in Paul's favorite version of the Bible, the Septuagint, and he quoted the Septuagint constantly, so that, that gives Tobit a little bit of significance. It was also found hidden in cave four at Qumran. So even at that stage, the Dead Sea Scrolls, people were risking their lives to preserve the book of Tobit. So what does it say? Well, it's a cool story. It's a story about a Jew who was removed forcibly along with his fellow citizens to Nineveh. This is uh, the taking of the 10 Northern tribes in about 721 BC. Tobit was concerned about those who died and remained unburied. Uh, Levitical law was very strict on how you treated a corpse. And he was concerned that they had not been buried properly. He took significant risk to bury his brother Israelites who died in the journey to captivity and in captivity. Uh, the king, Sennacherib, heard of Tobit's actions and stripped him of his property, banished him to the wilderness. When Sennacherib died, Tobit returned, but that did not end his struggles. As soon as he got back, he saw the body of a murdered man lying by the side of the road. And he buried the man, and according to the cleanliness laws of the Old Testament, Tobit then had to stay away from his house until the next night. So he laid down in the street to sleep. Some time before dawn, a flock of birds flew over, and they did what birds do. They pooped. And some of the poop got in his eyes, and the, result, uh, the infection res that resulted blinded him. His marriage broke up afterwards, in part due to the blindness and in part due to something which really isn't defined. But if you read Tobit, there does seem to be a hardness in his attitude and some early Jewish commentaries on the story indicate that the divorce was because blindness, yeah, but really because he was hard liner and hard to live with. Uh, regardless, he was stripped of all property eventually. Um, he, he was banished, he's blind. It, it, it's, a, it's a hard story. Now the story shifts. It goes all the way to media, the country of media, in a bizarre situation that a woman named Sarah has found herself in. Sarah is young and beautiful, and as such, she has many young men that want to marry her. In fact, she is married seven times. But every night before, every time, before the marriage can be consummated, this demon, Asmodeus, shows up and kills the man. Seven times. Told you this was bizarre. 
God decides to help both Sarah and Tobit, and he sends a great angel. Some believe he's an archangel called Raphael. Raphael heals, heals Tobit and then drives Asmodeus from Sarah forever. And then the book of Tobit shifts from first person to third person. So no longer being narrated, but rather now being described in the third person. So we find ourselves in the company of Raphael, human form, walking alongside Tobit's son, whose name is Tobias, and Tobias's dog. It's a great story, read it on your own. Tobias is on his way to media to collect some money that Tobit had deposited there a long time ago. Now, while crossing the water, Tobias, Tobit's son, is attacked by a fish. Maybe a sea creature, the word's uncertain. Tobias kills the fish, takes its heart, liver, and gallbladder to use in medicines. Same organs are still used in many traditional medicines worldwide today. Tobias arrives in media only to be told by Raphael, the angel, of the beautiful Sarah, who is, we will find out, his cousin. He has the right to marry her. Don't go, ooh, that's the way things worked. Um, in royal families, it's pretty much the way things still work. He has a right to marry her, and Raphael promises the demon will be kept at bay if Tobias burns the fish, liver, and heart on his wedding night. Because Tobias believes Raphael and obeys him, Raphael comes as the mighty angel he is, and when Asmodeus shows up to kill Tobias, Raphael binds him. Well, you might think that's a great story. Oh, we're not done. Tobias finds out that his new father-in-law had dug a grave for him on his wedding night, assuming he'd be killed like the last seven husbands. The father-in-law is so grateful to find Thomas alive, he showers him with presents and insists on keeping the wedding feast going for double the normal time. Well, Tobias needs the money. That's why he's come here. He ended up getting married and all, but he's really come to media to get the money his dad needs back home. Uh, but he can't get it because you've he, he got to stay at the feast. It's, your, it's a feast for you and your new bride, so you have to hang about. So he sends Raphael the angel to go get the money for him, and the angel does. Do you see why this book is considered really great read, but doesn't really fit in with some of the other stories about what angels do and got it? Okay. Well, Raphael goes and gets the money. Tobias brings Sarah home to Nineveh. Not really sure why you'd want to do that except to drop off the money and then go back away from captivity, but they go back to Nineveh to meet his father. Uh, Mom's been dropped from the narrative. We never hear from mom again. Uh, Tobit is thrilled at his son's good fortune and even happier that his son obeyed the angel Raphael. Uh, he, the one part of the, body, uh, the fish that wasn't burned was the gallbladder, and then he is allowed to use the gallbladder juice to heal his eyes. And he sees that uh, Raphael really is an angel. And then, then Raphael flies away. Uh, Tobit warns Tobias to leave Nineveh because it will soon be destroyed. Tobit lives to a good old age. Tobias returns to Media and establishes his family there. Great story. Does it sound like other human angel encounters? 
No, no, it really doesn't. But it's still a good story, don't you think? I think it was originally intended to not be looked upon as scripture, but as a religious novel. I have a, a friend who, who spent her life writing for Bethany Press, and, and she wrote religious novels around characters, and they had ins and outs and ups and downs that were very exciting and very thrilling, and my wife in particular loved the entire series, every series she did. But they're not scripture, but they're still nice stories, and I think they're fine to read and understand. It, it, there are a few things in it which are of value. Um, it elevates fasting, it elevates prayer, it elevates giving to the poor, it elevates our obligation to each other, to the poor and even to those who died to show the body's proper respect. It emphasizes the purity of um, the gift of purity on your wedding night. You know, she, was, she remained a virgin during all of this, this thing and again, some people took the virgin thing and ran with that, and that became a problem. You're saying all sex is bad and virginity is better. That's nothing, God has never said that in any way, shape, or form. However, it elevates marriage um, as something so precious it's worth risking your life for. Uh, there are, in fact, Catholics, the Orthodox, and some Anglican churches use verses from Tobit, Tobit in their, their marriage ceremony, their marriage rite to this very day. It can talk about the intervention of, of angels or about how God answers prayer over time in a process using intermediaries as he answers the prayer. Oh, and Sarah, the virgin from media, probably shows up in the New Testament. Remember that bit in Mark 12, starting at verse 20 and going forward, for the Sadducees who didn't believe in a resurrection asked Jesus whose wife a woman would be who'd had seven husbands in the resurrection. They were probably referring to the story of Tobit. The story is found in most ancient manuscripts we have of collections of the Old Testament, such as um, the Codex Vaticanus, the, the Vatican one, uh, the Alexander Canis, the uh, Codex uh, Sinaiticus, the oldest collections of books. Um, by the way, interesting, maybe, in Sinaiticus, the book of Tobit is a bit longer, 700 words longer. As to why Protestants rejected it, again, because the Catholics liked it. Um, there are some who believe that Martin Luther had something to do with it because he taught in faith alone, and in Tobit, there are actions that are involved. Um, you know, prayer, almsgiving, abstaining from certain things, fasting, but it's very much worth your time to read. It's an interesting little story. Have a look. Next week, we're gonna take a look at another book. This one's starring a woman named Judith. God bless. We'll see you on the 20th.